What's up, Redhead Racing Radio fans? How's it going? How's it going, Jason Schultz? I'm Andrew it's Curland. It's going, it's man. Going. It's going. Yeah. And Andrew has introduced a new feature on the Zoom <laughs> podcast recording. It's called Live Transcription. So we are looking back at what we're saying on the Zoom screen. So that's not distracting at all, Andrew Curland. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, auto-transcription, too. So it's not even like accurate half the time it's like you know how you turn those like auto captions on on youtube and half Mm. the time they're just like spewing at gibberish it's this exact same thing and i'm watching what i'm saying now it's popping up on the screen and i really hope this pops up on the video so that when tyler edits this the transcription on the youtube video is gonna be on it i i can only cross my fingers and hope if i say andrew oh it came up that time the first few times i like refused to like translate (laughs) that but it's a very mature system. Yeah, it is. It's uh, They know what's up. Yeah. So I was going to say the only time I ever use closed captions for anything is if I'm watching a TV show or something and I can't understand what they're saying, I'll pause it, rewind, and put the captions on simply to see And then you'll turn I'm them back missing. off? Yeah. Really? So no, like no times... other time. I am no. I'm totally a closed caption person. Like when? with the audio like on normally? and everything. Yeah, totally. Why? I don't know. It's just like... Especially for some shows. Have you ever seen West Wing? What? Yeah, I've been watching that one. No way! Wait, like for the first time? Yeah, it's not. It's like about the what, like White House Bartlett. Yeah, 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 with President Bartlett. What season are you on? Hold on, let's talk about. I've only been doing. I like. I started on Netflix and then went off of Netflix. Now it's on on HBO HBO Max, which I also have. But I've not been. been. I think I'm on season three, maybe. Oh my god, that show is so good. So like that's why I have captions on because like the plot of that show can get so complex at times. It's like literally you have to watch with captions on to understand what's going on. That's so great that you're watching West Wing. Oh my god, what a great show. It just keeps getting better too. I haven't watched like I watched a lot last summer and I haven't watched much since. So I'm gonna have to get going again, then we can talk about it. Yeah. It I, it definitely goes in spurts of like you watch it a ton, you're so into it, and then you forget about it, and then you watch it again. That's kind of how I watch the whole series. Speaking of things people are probably not interested in, what happened to you in Phoenix, Arizona this weekend? Yeah, so we went rafting yesterday down the Salt River in Mesa, Arizona. Ah, the Salt River. I love it. Salt River, right? Always gets you. So I'm going to try and be as concise as possible, but it's a a little bit of a, a complex story. So basically we went with a group that had already gone rafting down this river before. Um, me and a couple of our friends um, haven't been there before. So we're following their lead and they normally have a car at the top of the river and a car at the bottom of the river. So you hop in the river, you float down it and then you get in the car, at the bottom of the river that takes everyone back up. Right? So the normal place where they started was closed off, like they were doing construction in that parking lot. So we drove further down the road. Um, so we get to floating. The river's kind of cold. Um, it's pretty slow, like it, not going fast at all. We were definitely taking our leisurely time going down the river and all. And we keep hearing them say, oh, we're not even at the starting point yet. And I'm like, oh, all right. And I already knew going into it, it was going to take like three hours from the start point to get to the car from the start point. So like we've been floating for a couple of hours and we haven't even hit where they started. So it's another three hours more to go. The sun's starting to set and we're like, we got to figure out how to get off this river 
and get back to our cars. So me and another friend of mine and a couple other people with us separated from the main group. We got way ahead of them and we're we decided to stop off and wait for him and like 30 minutes go by. We don't see anybody. And we we even saw like one of the rafts they were using like abandoned and like oh boy. and floating past us. We're like, what is going on? So, Why didn't you think like they're in trouble if that happens? Oh my God. So we're on this little side beach area. We had heard maybe that someone or a few people had popped a tube and that they were maybe just like floating down the river. So we're on this little side beach area in the middle of like nowhere in the desert so we get out i'm literally hiking through like bushes and like trekking through the desert with a bathing suit and flip-flops on i'm like i'm gonna hold a stick be like real adventurous and stuff so like we go and try and find the rest of the group a little further ways down the river we can't find them eventually they float back to us we meet up in this general area and we're like guys we're gonna run out of sunlight and it's like the river's cold the sun it's already starting to cool off like we're going to be very cold floating down the river a dark river too so like this is not a good situation so we're trying to figure out where to go we find these people who end up like fishing um in this little offshoot area kind of where we parked our rafts they're like, yeah, you know, it's either you got to hike over the mountain to get to the next, um, to get to the next <laughs> parking lot, or you got to go down these rapids. So we're like, man. So we end up hitchhiking in these, this family's Toyota four, four wheeler. And we're literally like going up these cliffs and like almost tipped over at one point. Eventually they were able to bring us back to the original car and we went and picked everyone up. Um, on the spot but for a solid hour or so we're like we could be stranded here for a little while so it was kind of a crazy day maybe you should start rafting when you know it's gonna take three hours like well before sunset (laughs) i know i know uh i know well we didn't know we're like we didn't know how much longer it was going to be and then we're like oh all right this is the situation we've been dealt but it was a crazy day uneducated college kids (laughs) oh man i know well let's talk about things people want to hear now yeah. Let's like Kyle Larson wins in his fourth race back. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember talking before the season with you, with um, Davey, with people just previewing the NASCAR season. It's like, you know, Kyle Larson, I'm, and he said in the post race Zoom, he's like, he always knew he, he would have the equipment to win at Hendrick, but he wasn't sure how fast he was going to be able to get acclimated again to the Cup Series. And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure if he was going to have the speed to win up until Bristol. Everyone was pointing, oh, Bristol dirt. That's going to be Kyle Larson's first good shot. You know, he's going to have time with his team to match and all that. But he surprised. I mean, not really surprised, but he showed a lot of speed at Homestead last week. And, man, just put on a show this well, week to, to when, win in his when fourth race. When you take a whole year off. I know. Coming back to win is not going to be, like, easy. So, like, that is impressive that he's able to do it. he's got no practice. He, like, there are so many things that have, like, stacked up against him purely on the racing side to where Kyle Larson shouldn't have won this early, no matter the talent of the race car driver. But, man, he, he proved us all that he's that good. Very popular win, too, based on social media. After every race, NASCAR posts the a winner, like announcing the winner, basically. And I'm just going to provide 
examples. Last week's for William Byron, it got about 600 retweets and about 2,500 likes. And that's, you know, a week later at this point. Larson's, after two hours, has gotten basically 1,200 retweets and almost 5,000 likes. Like, I noticed for F1, I've recently started watching F1 last year, that every time they post about who the winner is, it's like thousands of retweets, tens of thousands of likes. It's huge, a big deal. And it's basically based on the popularity of the series, whatever. But seeing Larson get an equal reaction, get a lot of tweet retweets based on his victory, that's crazy. Just show how popular it is among just NASCAR fans in general. Like, there's a huge crowd that loves Larson. And I was going to say, I'm going too long. You answer, then I'm going to say something else. Yeah, I hate I mean, giving us... We don't want to do a, long responses. It's a big win. It's a big storyline. I mean... When we talked about who would be the biggest, I mean, I'll go to give Daytona an example. You go into the Daytona 500, who would be the biggest names and biggest list of winners that would that would drive the storylines? It would be Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Larson, and probably Chase Elliott. And so Kyle Larson winning a race, I, I think you 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 yeah. apply those names to any weekend now. Those are going to be the four biggest names to win a race and so kyle larson's in that group and this is a big win ultimately it's a huge comeback story this incredible sports story that a guy in the top like a young promising superstar cost himself a chance to compete in his professional sport does something really bad has to go through all of this training learning growing just becoming a better person in order to get back to where he was and then does that gets back to where he was gets in a really good ride and goes out and wins very early on like his comeback and i think like watching him get out of the car and celebrate it was like a year like a it was probably 11 months ago at this point. Like he never, that's, this was probably not possible in his mind. Like doing what he did today was probably not possible in his mind 11 months ago. And he does it like that. Like, I just love good sports stories. And that's a really good one that we saw unfold today. Yeah. A couple of things. So the reason people were like, why is he doing a burnout on the backstretch? I don't know if you were wondering that same thing. He had buddies on the back straightaway who were watching Makes the sense. race from a motor home. Um, and, and something, another cool stat, I'll, I'll give you another cool stat. He is, I believe, the earliest new Hendrick driver to win a race. Four races into his time at Hendrick Motorsports, the previous newest was Terry Labonte with seven races. So how about that? What a great stat. That's just like, I've been waiting to hear something like that. I don't know. I think that's important. It's just random. It's random. Doesn't yeah, it was on the NASCAR Zoom, so... Wow, NASCAR. Well, they try to find the most obscure, uninteresting stats to like. And uh, Denny Hamlin, congratulations. You are the sixth driver from Virginia to win a race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. How's it feel? I'm like, it's just the randomest thing they try to find. Also, I wish Fox would have acknowledged that like this great sports story was unfolding before our eyes. They, I think, went out of their way to refuse to acknowledge what happened last year with Kyle Larson. The fact that he wasn't racing last year and that him winning four races into this year is a huge deal simply because he hadn't raced in 11 months. I will also say this, and I know you mentioned this last week, or, or you've mentioned this before. Tweeted, I'm yeah. completely on, on the bandwagon with you in terms of we need post-race coverage. We probably had 
three hours or so. It looked like there was definitely an hour's worth, at least on Fox pre-race coverage, and maybe an hour and a half, if not more, on FS1 leading up to the race before the Fox coverage. And then they sign off after one interview, including Larson, like, yeah, after like the 10 race. minutes worth. It's like, what? Start the race earlier. At, like, right when Fox, right when you turn mm. to Fox, start the race. Pre race coverage on FS1, and then that gives you some yeah. time to do some post race coverage. I mean, Fox has full control over that whole time block. Yeah. Start the race earlier. Even that ratio of pre and post race coverage, man. And there was no post race coverage today. It was crazy. And it's like, you don't want to recap what just happened. Like, you don't want right. to build, like, talk about talk to the players talk about what happened and like analyze it and give people something to something to talk about and we talked about this last week so i want to go on about it but uh one of our favorite listeners aaron cabin he texted me and said that f1 he reminded me that f1 does a youtube post-race show and i told our our producer tyler after the race i'm like f1 like the race coverage just went off and there's nothing like there's nothing for a fan to go like watch to be able to like rewind or not rewind but unwind after the race there's no coverage anywhere to go check out to to hear people talk about what happens a youtube show and it has to be with the right people it just can't be with some random reporters at nascar it's got to be with like the some quality people just to talk about the race f1 interviews like every driver they talk about the race what happened and stuff and it's very quality coverage we need more quality post-race coverage because that's how you bit like a sports. You got to talk about what happened. You can't just see what happened, then go away. You got to talk. Yeah. About it. And there's too much. There is too much just pre-produced packaging in the beginning. Yeah. You, I just, you need raw stuff, right? And what yeah. I loved about NBC's coverage is it's Kyle Petty. Um, Dale Jarrett was Chris Devota and the race winner. And they would talk for like 15 minutes or at least yeah. it felt like it whenever I was there in victory lane. Cause you always know where that, race winner is and they're always yeah. talking at NBC and it's like man we need we need more of that in the first half of the season yeah one more critique about Fox broadcast that I've been frustrated with it's great to have Klimpor in the booth great his dynamic with Jeff Gordon fantastic good call Fox but making the whole pre-race show about their relationship and just about them versus about the stories that are going to unfold during the race that's disappointing i want to hear more about what's going to happen in the race and less about jeff gordon clint boyer like yeah we get they're the broadcasters we're going to hear them all day long but let's talk about what we're going to see in the race and potential storylines and things that are happening like i know it's a week old at this point and this will transition to something i want to bring up next but what note like the whole story last week on social media seemed to be noah gregson still gregson i keep i say his name wrong i need to it's gregson i think yeah so that was the story on social media. And I know it's a week old and the Xfinity race already happened, but like that's something to like reference on the broad, like have a little piece about during pre-race, like some, like the conversation, and especially Mike Joy's tweet. Like he put out this super controversial tweet about paid drivers and doesn't reference it once during the whole day. I'm like, that's, this is content that is vital for the sport and vital for sports in general. Like this is the stuff that generates conversation in sports, especially NASCAR need conversation generated to get attention which they desperately need. Yeah. Even if it's 100%. about, even if it's not the most positive stuff, like any conversation about just having discussions about what's happening in sport, it's important. So yeah. want me to read the tweet? I'm going to bring up not Mike Joy's tweet, Noah Gregson's, Gregson's tweet. Go for it. He tweeted on what day was that Wednesday? If you're talking about me, I'm doing my job. What was your initial reaction to that? That like, that's any publicity is good publicity, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's exactly it. And I, I, I like it, man. Gregson stirs the pot. He's real. He's authentic. I know we talked about that last week, too. Yeah. It's like what? he's driven to to win and to be the best. And I think this is his way of of, of finding that. What do you say to the people that seem to despise his ways on social media? I, don't, I There's a crowd that hates him and a crowd that loves him. We talked about that last week, how good that is. But there's the crowd that hates him seems to be very adamant that you can't like someone like this. But someone that generates controversy and interesting things happening in the sport, overall, I'm going to like them because it makes it more interesting. He's real. He's raw. Like, I, 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 he was at the, I, I don't know if it was last week or, or a few weeks ago, but he was at the medical center and he swore on his TV interview. It's like, <sighs> I know, I know that's not necessarily what the team would like and what the broadcast would like, but that's Noah right there. That is yeah. him. That's, that is what you see yeah. is what you get. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, Unfiltered. It's like, it's real, man. Raw, honest, like you were yeah. saying. And like, that's and what drivers cool. used to he, be. Um, I didn't see the interview, but apparently he stopped an interview pre-race yeah. for the national anthem, which was pretty cool. Very good. Like him being just himself in interviews and being very entertaining in general. That's what drivers used to be like. Not, I think people that have been fans in the sport in the last 10 years have come into this very corporate interview. Like we're not going to say anything controversial. We're going to be very uptight and professional. And that's not what it was like. That's how NASCAR wasn't grown on that. Oh, like, I'll give you an grown example. On personality. I'll give you an example. Like, as soon as Tyler Reddick, who's dejected after Homestead, he gets out of his car, he's like, man, I really wish we could have won those free chicken nuggets. I'm like, no, like, I yeah. get, I get a great plug, like, for the first yeah. thing you want to say. But it's like, I would be, I don't know. I, yeah, you know what I, I mean? I think they're afraid to be completely open and honest. And maybe they shouldn't be in some scenarios, but from a wanting to generate storylines and make yourself like put yourself in the storyline, not like you want to put yourself in the storylines, but just to, I don't know, to make, give, give yourself coverage. I think more coverage is good. More coverage leads to more sponsors and attention. And that's what you want. And drivers should be like that. Um, you know, someone else who's been doing the, if you're talking about me, I'm doing my job thing really well lately. Who? Denny Hamlin. Especially oh, on social media. I turn, like he, I turn tweet notifications on for him. Yeah. I'm not missing anything. And we mentioned this a few weeks ago that how I remember early Twitter days, Denny got in a lot of trouble for things he tweeted. Completely cooled down off tweeting things for probably five, six, seven, eight years. Has come back to that way of just kind of tweeting things that are on his mind. And we did read some of those tweets a few weeks ago. But like that, like he's doing a good job of making people talk about him based on the things he's tweeting, based on owning a team, based on being this really just this badass driver who's a businessman now and he was not afraid to speak his mind about the sport and is kind of just taking on this really cool personality that's I think probably gaining him a lot of fans and a lot of respect. And it's just great to see guys want to take control of their brands like that and make the, and kind of like give themselves a good rep and just kind of be out there and do things like that. I think if Austin Dillon had some more success on the racetrack and maybe just a little bit more time under his belt, he would fall under that same category with Denny Hamlin in terms of this off-track like living. That's what yeah. that's who he that's what Denny Hamlin reminds me of most is like how Austin Dillon carries himself. And I think that's I don't know. We need characters, man, and yeah, and we're need starting characters. to build characters. And it's great to finally be able to say that we have we see some characters in the making, and that's what we like. 
The thing about Noah, speaking of on-track success with Austin Dillon, I want Noah to start winning, not every race, but like just winning a few times every once in a while, just so he can kind of back up what he says off the track with what he does on the he track. He will. Great. I mean, he he won, he's won races last year. Like he's he. See, I think this would be different if he's never been to Victory Lane before. But yeah. I think honestly, for me. He's captured a checkered flag in the Xfinity Series multiple times. I mean, he's wrangled Bristol. He's tackled Daytona. Like, I think he can he can talk this yeah. talk. I no, I think he definitely. I think he needs to win again. Like Bristol was, I wrecked my teammate in one, which was not the greatest thing. Then Daytona's a restrictor plate track. Or sorry, actually, I think Xfinity. I know he's won other plates. places. Those were the first two that came to mind. No, I think that's all he's won. Oh really? Let me check. I don't want to be wrong about this, but I think that's it. Because I have winner stickers of JR Wins in my office. Traumatic suspense. Traumatic suspense, according to. Traumatic. No, it's traumatic, according to the subtitles. Yeah, he's only won twice. Oh. So, hopefully, we see Noah get some victories. Strong run, fifth place on Sunday or on Saturday, I think. Again, Xfinity race was way better than the cup races again. The cup race wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was bad. It was good that the fastest car wasn't out front for the first part and it made it really close, which was very good. But the Xfinity race had what the cup race lacked, which was like these wrecks and these action and this just kind of, I don't know, that kind of drama that the cup race lacked, especially because there wasn't much action in the cup race other than close racing. But Xfinity race, every week you can say it was better because of the same things. Right. And I'm so happy AJ's full-time and, like, this is a playoff contending team now. Like, Championship contending team. Right. Like, when he won at Atlanta and it was his first oval win, you're like, all right, AJ can be here to play. Like, I, I feel like you can't just be a road course ringer and be a championship contender, mm. but AJ has checked off those boxes now. And, and with the success colleague has had and with – with the driver and AJ Allmendinger, I love his name is in the mix. I told him that when, when I talked to him a few weeks ago, it's like, man, you were one of those guys that I was waiting for to be, be a full-time driver. And, and now you're here and it's uh it's, it's a fun one to watch. I don't know this for sure, but I bet his plan wasn't to come back full-time racing after he left cup after that full-time. I doubt his, yeah. like he wasn't, he didn't seem to seek it out right away, but this opportunity kind of came up and he's been taking advantage of it and doing well. So it's good, good to see. When you're competitive and winning races, of course, you know. Yes, as a driver, I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. Because I have an Indy 500 add-on, which means I race in the Indy 500. So. Oh yeah, what year? Um. Yep, one of the years. Ready for my random racing memory of the week? <laughs> sure. Is this a, is this another moment to make me? This is going to be a pre. This is going to be an early 2000s racing memory that I won't know. Oh wow. That's what they all are. So this is my memory. And I saw a picture on Twitter of this this week. So I don't know what year it was. It was either 2005 or 2006. Mark Martin ran the number nine car in the Xfinity series with Pennzoil as a sponsor. And I believe he won. But as the seven-year-old I was seeing Mark Martin, who drives number six, that's all he drives. Mark Martin is number six. Seeing him in a nine car just blew my mind. I was like, Number nine, Mark Martin, like that's Casey Kane's number. How is he in Casey Kane's number? This doesn't make any sense. But it was an Xfinity Series race, and somehow he was in the number nine car. 
there may be if maybe I'm making this up or maybe I was, you know, drunk when I thought about this, but Casey Kane may have been in the sixth card in the Xfinity Series race, like the same kind of year, which was really mind-blowing. Like, why are they swapping numbers? But that is my random racing memory of the week. I'll give you a random racing memory of the week. The 2012 Still spring race segment. at Phoenix. This was uh, the only thing I remember about it. Denny Hamlin won that race and new crew chief Darian Grubb and they were setting the world on fire, and everyone thought Darian Grubb was the key to a successful race team after getting Tony Stewart that championship the previous year and leaving him to go to Joe Gibbs Racing with the number 11. That's my Phoenix-related random racing memory. My random ones are better. All right, well, agree to disagree. All right, this podcast is brought to you by The Packaging Source. Trust your packaging with the six-time national distributor of the year. Six-time. Just like maybe what Casey Kane drove. Yes, he may six. have drove the next six car. I'm not sure for sure. <laughs> maybe I'll look it up. Yep. All right. Going to you're going to Phoenix. You're going to be at Phoenix. Yep. Yep. What are you going to do there? Um. Is it going to be another sit outside the track, or is it going to be a get to go in the media center? No, I, I did just find out I will be on the outside of the track once again. So. Because, you know, right. COVID, you can't, like, at Daytona, it's cool to be inside the track. But once you go to Phoenix, COVID is way different, and you have to be outside the track. Yeah, I don't know. That's all right. It's uh, It'll be good to be there. Um, I talked with Taylor Moyer, our guy who was on the podcast, was able to follow up with him um, and, and really talk about some of the things I wanted to talk about after the podcast. And uh, those conversations will be coming out in – in, in segments, uh, based on theme, based on topics that we talk about. And it was a great conversation. So, um, looking forward to that one. Taylor Moore's a man, man. Finished top 10 again. Yes. This weekend. Eight Very teams good. looking good. The Xfinity series. Thank you for the JRM plug there. I have to do it this week. You did it for me. Yeah. So you can find those videos from Andrew's Twitter account, which is at Andrew Curland TV. Search me up on YouTube, Andrew Curland. Jason. Hey, Jason Schultz, where can we find you? Follow me at Hey Jason Schultz. I tweet things. One just random comment about that post-race tweet I sent last week. Larry Mack responded because he follows me on Twitter and said, I was like complaining about no post-race coverage. And he was like, yeah, you could just watch Race Up on Monday night. I'm like, I can't argue with Larry Mack. So I just like, (laughs) but I felt really bad that he was the one to respond to my tweet saying something like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. But we're moving on. I'm going to tweet less about coverage because I don't want the people that follow me to respond. <laughs> I just want to be Larry able to say Max my things. Listen to this podcast oh, and by the way, who liked, our, who liked our Redhead Racing Radio tweet? Hey, Dale Earnhardt Jr. How about that was kind Which, of like random. random. Yep. Yeah, right? <laughs> but and he, I tried to FaceTime the... you right after that. I'm like, you believe it? He liked our tweet. I don't know why. I think he probably just thought it was funny that because he knows me much better now than he probably did a year ago and seeing that he's like oh he has a podcast or i don't know i don't know what is i thought he knew about that so and then on door bumper clear they always get the name of the podcast wrong whenever it gets brought up it was so clearly redhead sluts redhead records like (laughs) so clearly whatever um whatever tj calls it no one's listening coming from that show to listen to here based on that because he says it but yeah (laughs) that's funny that's good stuff all right i'm out of things to say yeah should we just abruptly end it i think we'll sign off with a song ready all right
Three, two, one. Happy First I was afraid birthday I was to you. It's not my birthday anytime soon. It was my birthday a month ago. <laughs>